And uh, I'm just going to share um, from, well, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to share from at the moment because I'm going to ask you a question after I take a drink of water because I'm dry as a stick. Okay. Do you recognize these names? Shamua, Shaphat, Egal, Palti, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Sether, Nabi, and Geuel. Does anybody recognize those names? 10 out of 10, Bet Hardy. The 10 spies who came back and gave a bad report. Well done, Bet. You're getting a sweetie at the end. <laughs> These are the 10 spies that are 10 of the 12 that Moses sent out into the land. And they don't figure much in Israel's future. And neither generally in our thinking, unless you're a real Bible scholar like Bet, who got it. However, Caleb and Joshua, they do figure. They play a predominant role as they enter into their inheritance, the land which God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And today, and the kids will already know this, we're going to look at the life of Joshua. Quite impressed by the life of Caleb as well. These are the only two guys who left Egypt who actually entered the promised land. The only two. Not even Moses entered into the promised land. So, aiming to be quicker today, finish quicker for the sake of the boys and girls, but hopefully to really get some things out of God's word today as well. Father, we just pray that you would come and that you would speak to us. Father, our heart's desire is to hear your voice. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak. We invite you to come and just speak your thoughts into this service today. We thank you that you're already here and that you've already been speaking into hearts through the worship this morning. Father, we pray that you'd cement those things in our hearts this morning as we read your word as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Joshua is descended from Joseph. Joseph, as in the man with the Technicolor dream coat. For those of you who have seen the musical, I haven't. And uh, he was sold, that's the, the Joseph who was sold into slavery. And uh, one of uh, Joshua's forefathers was Joseph's son Ephraim, which is one of the, the tribes. Um, Ephraim and Manasseh were Joseph's two sons, and they uh, both formed half-tribes, and uh, they had their share of the inheritance when they went into the Promised Land. So Joshua is from good stock. Joshua was born in Egypt into slavery. He was part of the Exodus, and he became Moses' minister or Moses' servant. And he accompanied him part of the way when he ascended up the mountain, Mount Sinai. When Moses went up to get the law, Joshua went part of the way with him until he was told to go no further. He was also one of the 12 spies, as we've thought about, who was sent out by Moses to explore the land of Canaan. And only he and Caleb gave an encouraging report. I want you to note that word, encouraging. Joshua and Caleb gave an encouraging report. Take a note of that word. But it's interesting that Joshua wasn't always called Joshua. His name was Hoshea, or if you read the authorized version, Oshea. That was his name at birth, which means help or salvation. 
But then his name was given a divine prefix, so that his name became Jehoshia, which means Jehovah is salvation. His name was changed from salvation to Jehovah is salvation. And we read about that just as the, ten, the 12 are getting sent out to spy at the land. It says at the end of the list of people who went that Moses changed his name. In Joshua's name, God came first. And I think that's a really interesting thing. God came first in Joshua's name. God came first in Joshua's life. I think that's really significant because when they went out to spy the land, what was in Joshua's mind? God first. God's plan of purposes, God's promises. And so when the ten came back with the bad report, Joshua, along with Caleb, was able to give an, what was that word we used? Encouraging report. Because he was reminded that God comes first. God always comes first. And that's one of the challenges that we need to live up to as well. Do we put God first? My name's not going to get changed by anybody, I don't think. I don't think somebody's going to come along and say, uh, well, whatever, I'll make something up, but I won't. Um, I don't think somebody's going to come along and change my name. So when this happens in the Bible, it's significant. I think it's significant because Joshua was the future leader of this band of people who were traveling through the desert, who were kind of stuck in a moment and they couldn't get out of it, to quote you two. They were just going round and round in circles. They were stuck And Joshua was the person who was going to break that cycle and take them into the promised land. Joshua would become a leader amongst his people. And I think that when Moses renamed Joshua, he made a prophetic statement. He saw something in this man who had been his servant, his aide. Well, come on, just read a couple of verses. I think it was almost certainly a prophetic statement. Jehovah is salvation. We can do certain things to save ourselves in certain situations. If we've done something wrong, one of the things we're tempted to do in certain situations is to tell a little fib to get us out of that situation, to save us from the consequences of that situation, but who knows that that doesn't work. (laughs) Only what brings us out of that situation is honest confession before God, and He becomes our salvation. He becomes our help. Now, I said about Joshua that he was Moses' aid. In Exodus 24:13, we read these words. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his aid, and Moses went on, uh, went up on the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. Then in Numbers 11:28, it says Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aid since youth. Now we need to understand that youth is Maybe not as young as we think it is, okay? I think of youth and I think about Victoria, right? Who I forgot to invite up after my announcements. My humble apologies. It's on my sheet here. We'll bring you up at the end, okay? Um, But Joshua was probably around 40 years old when he came out of Egypt as part of the Exodus. 
So he was no spring chicken either, okay? But since the early days, he had been Moses' assistant. He was going to become, not going to become, he was a leader. He was a leader in his own right. And Moses is on the mountaintop, and he's looking at the promised land. And he knows that God has told him he's not going to enter it now. And his cry to the Lord is that he, uh, that a successor is appointed that will lead the people. And it's really interesting what Moses says, that they will not be like sheep without a shepherd. And it made me think of Jesus' words, that when he saw the crowds, and Derek quoted this earlier when we were praying, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, Matthew 9 36. But listen to what Numbers 27 says. If you want to look this up, it's verse 15 to 20. And it says this, Moses said to the Lord, may the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, appoint a man over this community to go out and come in before them who will lead them out and bring them in so that the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. One of the things that struck out, stuck out to me was this description of Joshua, a man in whom is the Spirit. The Spirit of God was in Joshua. I think the reason that Joshua was promoted is because he was a man who not only had in his name now God first, but in his lifestyle and in his thinking, God first. He was a man in whom is the Spirit. Interesting that Moses commissions him in front of the people and gives him some of his authority. Interesting. We'll maybe think about that another time, open that up a bit more. One of the things I wanted to just think about was this whole thing about encouraging. Moses knew that he was not going to enter the promised land. But God clearly states that Joshua will. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 38. But your assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, will enter it. Encourage him because he will lead Israel to inherit it. And that really stuck out to me. Encourage him. That word that's used, encourage, is the same word that's used in Joshua chapter 1, where it talks about be strong and of good courage. Okay? That word be strong is the same word that is used for encouragement in this passage. The exact same Hebrew word. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago during our review of 2016 that God has been encouraging me. It's encouraging to know that other leaders and people need encouragement. Joshua must have needed encouragement. Otherwise, why would God instruct Moses so clearly to encourage him? Now, the word encourage is an interesting word. It comes from a French word called encourage. English is a funny language eh? we get words from all over the place but it's from this French word and the word en in French means in and so 
when God tells Moses to encourage Joshua, what he's asking him to do is to put courage into Joshua. Put courage into him. And there's lots of ways that we can encourage people. When we encourage somebody, we put something into that person. We put something into that person that builds them up. We put something into that person that gives them a resilience to face life's challenges, to encourage, to put in courage. And I hope that we, if we don't remember anything else about what's said today, that we remember the importance of putting courage into other people, courage into each other. Now, there are lots of ways to put courage into people. And it's when we put courage into people that they're able to keep themselves through difficulties, through trials, and through challenges. Those times when our character is developed. So sometimes the difficulties in life can be those things which put strength and courage into us. Came across an interesting quote by a man called Norman Vincent Peale. For those who can think back far enough, he was uh, the power of positive thinking. Um, And he said this, the trouble with most of us is that we would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. Shall I read that again? The trouble with most of us is that we would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. You know, sometimes we need somebody to come along and to bring a little bit of correction in our lives. And once that happens, we're built up. We are encouraged. But it depends on how we receive criticism. It also depends on how it's given as well. Listen to what the Proverbs say. He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. None of us like being corrected. And does anybody in here like being corrected? I could be wrong. Grace? Mm. Yeah. Tom doesn't like being corrected. He's shaking his head. Right? It says, He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself. But whoever heeds correction gains understanding. So that's one way. But there are other ways that we can encourage people. There are other ways that we can put courage into people. Joshua was a man who needed to be encouraged. And I think there's three things which I would like to say, and it's not my three points, it's just three quick statements in case you're getting worried and watching the clock, right? And it's as simple as A, B, C. Right? Remember A, B, C. The A is affirmation. To hear words of affirmation can be such a powerful thing, particularly when those words come from God. When God speaks to us through the scriptures and highlights a verse to us and we hear his voice and we know that it's for us. Sometimes when God comes and speaks through the prophetic and somebody gives us a word or even a a prophetic edge to bring in a, a scripture, These are words of affirmation. And we need to take these words and we need to put them in a safe place inside 
And we need to allow those words to be the things that inform us when we're in difficulty and crisis. We'll come on to think about discourage in a little second. The A is for affirmation. The B is for belief. To know that somebody believes in you is a powerful thing. A very powerful thing. I remember, I remember experiencing this once actually. I've already said I'm a person who needs encouragement. And I remember coming to an understanding that somebody believed in who I was. Right? The penny dropped. Something went from here into here. And I knew that somebody believed in me without getting into all the details. That was powerful. To know that God believes in us. God believes in us so much that he sent his son to die for us. We can encourage people by affirming them with our words. We can encourage people by believing in them. And thirdly, we can encourage people by having confidence in them. Now, there's a flip side to confidence, isn't there? If I keep turning up late, and I tell you, I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at anybody, okay? I'm not looking at anybody, okay? If I keep turning up late, if I say I'm going to arrive at 10 o'clock, and I don't arrive until 20 past 10, the next time I tell you that I'm going to arrive at 10 o'clock, you'll go, I will see. Okay? There's a flip side to this, okay? But if I say that I'm going to arrive at 10 o'clock, and I'm there at 10 o'clock, and I'm there at 10 o'clock the next time, and the next time, when I tell you I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock, you're going to have confidence that I will be there at that time. So there's a flip side. But to actually have confidence in people is an incredible, it's it's a powerful thing. You know, none of us are the finished article. Let's face facts. We all have faults. We all have feelings. And so there are areas where we can lose confidence in each other, okay? Let's be honest. I know that I let people down sometimes, but it's not in my heart to let people down. But to give somebody that feeling that you have confidence in them is a powerful thing. And I think these three things, these ABCs of encouragement are so important. Why do we need to be encouraged? I think because we all have doubts, we all have fears, and we all have things that hold us back from reaching out into our full potential in God. The things that hold us back from stepping out in faith. But despite these things... Despite the fact that Joshua was a person who needed encouraged, he needed Moses to come and put courage into him, this is what it says. God says to Moses, but commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 28. Deuteronomy 31, verses 7 to 8. This is what it says. Then, Moses has been obedient. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. 
The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This is Moses' commission to Joshua, to be strong and courageous. And it's the opening, uh, it's in the opening chapter of Joshua. It's incredible. All of this, and we've not even opened up the book of Joshua. We'll not have time to do that, really. But he is instructed to go because God will never leave him. God will never forsake him. And don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. You know, that's the opposite of encourage. If encourage is to put courage into someone, then to discourage is to take courage out of them. To be left without courage is to be discouraged. When we stop hearing God's words of affirmation over us, when we stop considering the promises that God has said, whether generally in his word or specifically over our lives, when we forget about the prophecies, the things which God has said over us, when we put those things aside, then it's possible that we can become discouraged, that our courage begins to dissipate. There's a big word. Our courage can seep away. you know, life's circumstances, the trials and the tribulations, the things which we face, some of those things which we've been singing about this morning can cause courage to seep away from us. They can cause our heads to go down. And we need somebody to come along and to put that courage back into us sometimes. And so I want to challenge everyone. This isn't the job of one person in the church. This is the job of the church to encourage one another, to put courage into each other. If Joshua needed encouragement, how much more do we? So not to be discouraged, not to be afraid. God is bigger than the circumstances. God knows the beginning from the end and he is with us. Deuteronomy 31.23 says this, The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. What an incredible word from God. I myself will be with you. Imagine hearing those words from God. God says the same things to us today. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you in every circumstance, regardless of how bad that circumstance is. Let's think about what it means to encourage people, to affirm them, to believe in people, and to have confidence in people, and to put those things into people. Not to be discouragers, not to take courage out of people. And lastly, Joshua was commissioned. I only have a little bit of time and I want to read a few verses from Scripture. Deuteronomy 34, Joshua chapter 1, 6 and 9, and then Joshua chapter 1, 16 to 18, and then we're almost finished. 
Joshua was commissioned to lead the people. In front of all the people, he had God's words spoken into him. He had that confidence that God was in it. Listen to what Deuteronomy 34 verse 9 says. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. There's something powerful about this interaction that happens between Moses and Joshua. Something happens. There's a transaction. I think we should be careful about laying hands on people because there can be that transaction. We need to be sure that it's the right thing to do. And then it goes on to say, so the Israelites listened to him. Joshua became their leader. The Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord commanded Moses. And this is echoed in the opening chapter of the book of Joshua. And we probably could all recite these. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, I think it's where we get that song, Be Bold, Be Strong from. We used to sing it. Uh, in the church many, many years ago. And we had a wee funky bass line that went along with it as well. It was a good wee riff. I liked playing that song, actually. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Some of us need to remember that in our circumstances, God is right there with us. I will be with you wherever you go. So let's be strong and courageous. But also the people are ready to follow Joshua. There's been a process of development, of encouraging, of leadership training and development. And Joshua comes to the place where the people hear this commission as well. And this is what they say. Joshua chapter 1 verses 16 to 18. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Strong words. Moses commissions Joshua. Moses encourages Joshua. Moses invests into Joshua. Moses affirms Joshua. Moses expresses through the things which he says and does that he believes in Joshua as the next leader of Israel. Moses has confidence in Joshua because Moses has been investing his life into him. And my prayer is that we endeavor to put courage into each other. And remember the power of affirmation, the power of belief, the power of confidence. My prayer is also that we open up 
to hear words of correction that may strengthen us when we need to hear that as well. My prayer is that as a church, as a people, that we are strong and courageous as we seek to serve God, every one of us. My prayer is that we are a people who meditate on God's law, on his promises, on his word, in order that we may not drift away into wrong ways of thinking, speaking, or behaving. That's my prayer for us as a church, that we take something from the life of Joshua. We could spend a lot more time looking at the life of Joshua. It's just been a a pinky nail sketch and a few points from his life. But an incredible character, an incredible man, a man who, perhaps despite his fears and his failures, was there to serve Moses, his master, to serve God and to serve the people. Let's just pray as we finish off the sermon. Father, we thank you for the life of Joshua. We thank you for his incredible example. Father, we thank you for the encouragement that we can take to our own lives through his example. And Father, we pray that you strengthen us, that you give us the courage that we need in the circumstances that we are facing just now. Father, many people in many different circumstances in life just now. And Father, we ask that you would come and that you would speak to each one. Father, that we would hear your voice. Father, that we would hear words of affirmation. Perhaps we might hear words of correction. But Father, we pray that we would hear your voice. And Father, that we would respond to your voice. Father, help us to be people who are wise. Father, people who listen. Father, people who take on board into our own hearts, into our own lives, the things which you are saying. And Father, we pray that you would cause us to be strong and courageous. Father, we pray that you would speak specifically into some of the situations that we're facing as a church. Father, people who are unwell. And Father, we just pray that you would minister to each one. Father, we pray particularly for Martha today. Lord, we ask that your hand would be upon her, that you would strengthen her. Father, in her heart of hearts, that you'd give her courage. And Father, that you'd help us to speak words of encouragement into Martha, to encourage her. Father, we pray for your peace to surround her, your presence to surround her, and your strength to come into her whole being, body, soul, and spirit. So, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. We look to you, we love you, and we trust you. And, Father, we know that you're with us no matter where we go. In Jesus' name. Amen.